Well, welcome to yet another edition of the Boulder Bassoon Quartet podcast. This is episode 22. I'm Kent. I'm Ethan. I'm Mike. I'm Brian. And uh, here we are. By the way, did you guys watch, uh, we're very late on this now, but did you guys watch the Oscars? Yeah, yeah. Sad to say I did I not. I almost never watched the Oscars, but we did the whole Oscar party thing. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, at my parents' <laughs> house and like. Because they have some family friends that are really into it. So they did the whole, like, pop ballot that you fill out oh boy. and guess. The, Were you right? Yeah. Did you guess correctly on anything? Luckily, oh. I did pretty well because I have a friend going to film school. And he made a post on Facebook about his prediction. So I just copied <laughs> his. <laughs> what, uh, what's your, what, what school is your friend going to? Um, I, I actually don't know what he ended up going to because he was... It was always sort of going to ACC and getting things done in preparation for it. So I don't know where he ended up. What's ACC? Uh, Rappahoe Community College. So it's just a little community college down in Littleton. So he was getting his associates in general stuff. Do you but know anyway, what, what he's planning on doing? He wants to be a screenwriter. And um, he's actually really, really good at kind of storytelling and all of that sort of thing. So anyway. He I can write our sitcom. That's right. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Um, you know, in all seriousness, a lot of the music that we have, especially like So So, uh-huh. I think would be would be awesome film score music. Yeah. So keep this guy yeah. in mind yeah, and keep I'll, him appraised of what we're doing. Give him a CD or something. Because yeah. like, I was also thinking like if somebody made an app, we could create some really good app music. Yeah. You know, he came to our, our show, actually. He came to oh, yeah? the CD release. Oh. So, yeah, he was one of, he was a guy that I worked with um, a few years ago, so a bunch of friends from work ended up coming. So. Oh, cool. Well, the reason I bring up the Oscars is because one of my favorite categories is always film scores. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of that? Do you remember what the other nominees were? I know Grand Budapest Hotel, yep. Interstellar. Those are the two that I was remembering, too. I can't remember what else there was. <laughs> there was another, uh, there was another score by the same guy who wrote Grand Budapest Hotel, yeah. and I forgot what it was. Yeah, I know he did Godzilla. He did the new Godzilla did movie, really? which okay. was completely different from Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Um, it might have been the theory of everything. That might have been nominated. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But anyway, Grand Budapest Hotel won. Yeah, been listening to that last week. Been listening to that soundtrack. What do you guys think? I loved it. Yeah, I, I thought, think it's fun. I, I think I, just purely from the fact that it added a lot to the movie, like it was very complimentary to the the bright like scenes and all of that sort of stuff. So I think if you're gonna judge it based on you know how it made the movie better, then I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, it, it's you... an unusual sound because it's like spooky and somber, but yet quirky. Yeah, it's like he found this really interesting niche Uh of Eastern European music that has this ethnocent, sounds a little bit off, (laughs) 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 but it's all very familiar at the same time. Yeah. And yeah, it perfectly fits the Wes Anderson film. What did you, did you guys see Interstellar? I still haven't seen it. I liked the soundtrack for Interstellar too. That's Hans Zimmer, right? Yeah, but it did seem very like very just sort of Hans Zimmer, like a bunch of chords, just sort of arpeggios playing over. Lots of repetition. Yeah, lots of repetition. I, um, 
I saw Interstellar and I loved it. And I came out of the theater with a couple of questions like, wait, what about this and what about that? Mm -hmm. And I went online looking for answers. And there's this, there's this website, this horribly addictive website called Reddit. And they have all <laughs> these sub communities. Yeah. And one of them is now Interstellar. So it's full of these super fans who've seen Interstellar in the theater like a dozen times. And so I went looking in there for the answers to these questions that I had. And I found them, I think, I think, I don't know. But anyway, they are all head over heels in love with Hans Zimmer. And they could not believe, you know, you know what the internet's for. It's for a bunch of nerds to write in capitals about how much the world is stupid. And, you know, if, if they were in charge, they, things would be better. And they couldn't believe that Hans Zimmer lost um, and I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Interstellar is great, and I think Inception is also great, but a lot of the rest of the stuff that he wrote is, is the reason that people in the, in the realm of classical music poo-poo film scores. Yeah. But I was so happy that uh, Grand Budapest Hotel won because my wife and I saw that movie like a year ago when it came out. And mm -hmm. as we were watching, we're like, this is the, everything about this movie is so the art direction and the way it looks and the music fits it so well. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. So anyway, maybe someday we'll have a bassoon quartet arrangement of Grand Budapest Hotel music. Yeah, that'd be fun. There you go. Well, there you go. There's our Oscar wrap up. <laughs> Did you guys see uh, Whiplash? No, that's the one I really want to see because I had never even heard of it. Yeah. And then it's all about music. You know, that was what I was so impressed that, like, I was thinking about the nominees for Best Picture. If you think about it, you got Grand Budapest, Whiplash, and Birdman, and a couple of others. The others were like biopics, and yeah. the Oscars always loved that, and those are always good. But the other one, Grand Budapest, Birdman, and Whiplash, were like three very original, unique, artistic movies that have been really successful in every way. And it's it's kind of you know it's inspiring whiplash is a movie that nobody's heard of right um i have heard of it it's about this this tyrannical um <laughs> sort of um teacher in this conservatory and he's he's the teacher of this this jazz ensemble and so there's this drummer that just gets total totally just like emotionally abused and I think like physically too. Yeah. So the drummer's a freshman. Yeah. And he's attending this conservatory that's the world's best jazz conservatory. I think it's in New York. Someplace they made up. And J.K. Simmons plays the teacher and he just won an Oscar for, for his role. And he's super demanding. Pushes the kid, pushes the kid, pushes the kid. Um, and then eventually it all blows up yeah. but then there's more it's, it's pretty cool it's a good story I, won't, I don't want to spoil it for you guys totally check it out it's one of those things where like for musicians we see the people playing their instruments in rehearsal and everything and we always go oh that's not it right that's not yeah. quite how it is but if you let go of that it's a very good story it really gets you in there and what i really like is that i've seen a lot of feedback um people who know nothing about music really like the movie and they get into it and they want to see more and they, they're more intrigued by that whole realm. So I hope it catches on and we see like the, the orchestra version of it next, you know, the tyrannical conductor who throws chairs at people or something. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a straightforward, like, Oh, the teacher's the bad guy kind of a story because mm -hmm. it gets to the point. Like there's a story told within the movie about how Charlie Parker was in a rehearsal Mm-hmm. And he was playing for a drummer, a drummer's recording, I yeah. think. And the guy 
like Parker was out of tune or late or whatever. And it got to the point where the drummer took a cymbal and threw it at his head. Yeah. And Charlie Parker had to dodge it. And that's where he got his nickname bird, I guess. Yeah. So the, yeah, exactly. He was that, you know, jazz has this history of like these hangs where you just go and hang out and you play music and that's how you establish yourself. And so he was at one of those. And apparently, according to the the real story, is a little less extreme than than what they told in Whiplash because the the drummer was just getting frustrated and would hit the cymbal really hard when you get to the top of like a chorus or something like that, and he just kept hitting it and hitting it harder and harder and harder, and eventually he just started yelling like "ding" at the top <laughs> of the chorus, and, and Charlie Parker couldn't follow it. But yeah, that was the impetus to him going off and practicing nine hours a day, and he blew everyone else away the next year. So he never actually so, threw the symbol. Apparently, according to one biography, there there's no record of him actually throwing a symbol. Oh, well, that's bummer. Which yeah, you know. Hollywood's so fake. <laughs> um, but that's that's great though. And then there's also Mozart in the Jungle, which is an Amazon TV show. And that's attracting a bunch of attention. And it's all about an oboist in New York City trying to make it in an orchestra. And there's, really? a, there's a new conductor for the New York Symphony. Not the New York Phil, the New York Symphony, a fictitious orchestra. And all of their crazy adventures and everything. So it's kind of, I think it's all kind of optimistic. There are all these people who yeah. are paying attention to the orchestra world and music. And they don't necessarily know anything about it, but they're intrigued by it. Hopefully it picks up. So that's why there should be a bassoon quartet TV show. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yep. BBQ in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Barbecuing with the BBQ. <laughs> and I saw an interview with J.K. Simmons, and he said the the movie was it came together very quickly and it was shot in only like a month or less or something. And the director said, you, you know, you gotta. You got to conduct. Can you learn how to conduct real quick? And he's like, oh, actually, I went to school for music, so I know how to conduct. Oh, wow. Nice. So I think his intention, he went to Montana, and he was planning on being a singer and conducting, maybe. Hmm. And he, he worked a lot on Broadway before he got into Hollywood. Hmm. That's cool. See, I need to see it now, because just a couple of days ago, I, I caught this YouTube video where Weird Al, yeah. he sits down in front of J.K. Simmons to, to work on a polka. Uh-huh. And uh, J.K. Simmons kept cutting him off and giving him different suggestions. Yeah. And, of course, it got more insane and intense. And I thought it was funny, but I didn't really get it. But now hearing <laughs> Whiplash, I'm like, okay, I get the joke now. So now yeah. I really need to go see Whiplash. He just took scenes right from the, the actual movie and inserted himself oh. into it. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's good. It's a good thing. So it was fun. All right, so that concludes our... 2015 Oscar <laughs> wrap-up. I was, I was impressed with the level of uh, music involved in all of it. By the way, Mike's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we actually said anything about that at the beginning of this. This episode of the Boulder Bassoon Quartet podcast is brought to you by Forrest's Music. 
Just about everything you could possibly need to play a double reed instrument is available at forestsmusic.com, including From the Opposite Shore, theforestsmusic.com. Well, geez, once again, I am completely out of reeds, and I am out of cane. Where can I go to refill my supply? You should go to Barton Cane. They have a wide selection of, of different cane you can choose from and customizable solutions. Ooh, that sounds fancy, Ethan. What's customizable solutions mean? They can customize your cane and the type of cane that you're getting, as well as the shape and the gouge and the profile to just your liking. A quick glance at their website says that they have not only the Fox 2 shape and the Hertzberg shape and the Rieger 1A shape and some others, but they also have the Kristen Wolf Jensen Artist Series, the Gabriel Beavers Artist Series, and the Jeff Kiesker Artist Series. That's insane. Where do I go to find this? You can go to bartonkane.com. So, Kent. Yes, Brian. What's on the docket today? Okay. Well, here's my question to you guys. Ooh. We all had to come up with a subject. And so my mine was, I've always been interested in what moment or moments you guys have had throughout your bassoon playing history that have been like, I don't know what to call it, like watershed moments or eye-opening moments that kind of like changed your perception of how you know, what the bassoon can do, how it should sound, what its capabilities are, that kind of thing. Is there a piece of music that you've played? Is there a performance that you've given? Um, that is my question to you guys. Why don't you start? Okay, I can start. Was it so cliche? It was not so You're cliche. Like, oh, I wrote this thing and I love it. I <laughs> love right. it. Now Look I want to start playing do. the bassoon. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I wrote it for bassoon quartet, but I didn't know how to play the bassoon. I liked it so much I decided I'd start. <laughs> that that like that's like a time warp kind of thing yeah. too. That's interesting. Hmm. And you're your own grandpa. <laughs> wow, this went a different way than I thought it would. <laughs> so I think there were two. See, Mike asked, okay, so like a few weeks ago, it was my turn to do the origin story. And Mike at one point asked about uh, my tendency to hang out in the high register from time to time. And that comes from, uh, first, uh, I was a junior in, at ASU, and I had heard the Jolivet Concerto for the first time. And I don't know if you guys, have you guys heard the Jolivet Concerto? Yes. Not for a long time. I heard it a long time ago. Did you, did you hear it live or did you hear a recording? I heard a recording of it. Yeah. Uh, I heard, uh, oh, what, what, what's the guy's name in a, Dag, Dag Jensen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Heard, I heard him doing uh, the Jolivet Concerto and it just absolutely blew my mind. I, whether you like the piece or not, um, it's not that he gets up high occasionally. Um, it's that that piece actually asks the bassoonist to hang around up there and play up high uh, like it's just any other register in the bassoon. And that's not something that I had actually thought of much before. You know, there's the, there's like the, the low register and the middle register, and occasionally you kind of get up high and squeak out a couple mm-hmm. of high notes mm-hmm. every now and then. But this idea that the that highest register of the bassoon 
can actually be played up there. You can live up there. You can live up there. Yeah, and so that was the... So I actually ended up playing that concerto my junior year at ASU, and it took me all year to learn that stupid piece. Um, But, yeah, that was an eye-opening thing for me. Uh, It it changed my perception there that, yes, the bassoon has a third register that you can actually play in, and I thought that was neat. Um, And so... You got a recording of that? Of me doing that? No, I don't. Oh, I kind of wish I did. Come on, I really really wish I did. I, it wasn't don't be recorded. shy. It wasn't. I swear. It wasn't recorded. <laughs> it wasn't recorded. But anyway, yeah, that was my first big watershed moment. Um, what about beforehand? I mean, like at that point, you had already decided to major in music. You were a uh-huh. junior. Yeah. So there must have been something before that that made you realize, like, oh, this is more than just playing bum, 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 bum in the school band. <laughs> was there any kind of solo that you heard before that made you think, like, oh, well, you get, this is a soloistic instrument? Right. You know, it's not, um, I don't, some people think it's a, it's a fun piece, some people think it's a really stupid piece, but it's the piece that I heard that actually, that's uh, the uh, Hungarian, the Andante and Hungarian Rondo. Is that yeah. how, is that, by uh-huh. the Weber, by Weber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I heard uh, Bernard Garfield play that uh, wow. i was in no it was, it was a recording uh but i was in florida at the time and i was in eighth grade and uh, i took a couple lessons from one of the bassoonists in the orchestra in orlando and he gave me some recordings to listen to and one of them was bernard garfield doing uh, uh doing the rondo and that was really neat that was the first time i had actually thought of the bassoon as a melodic soloistic instrument so i guess that's the first eye-opening mm-hmm. yeah that's a good one mm-hmm and I played that at a concerto competition later as well. Uh, and one of the judges said that it, you sounded good, but it's a stupid piece. <laughs> oh. that, that was their feedback. And, oh. uh, that was Dang. one of the reasons they couldn't pass me on. So, wow. Geez, yeah. yeah. So that was it. And then, of course, how can you go uh, a podcast with this group and not mention Paul Hansen at least once, right? Uh-huh. First time I heard him playing jazz was like the, the last eye-opening I think experience. Um, and not only does he play jazz, but he hangs out in the high register, so I like that too. It's a very, it's such a different. It's a, it's a melancholy, clear sound up there that I like. So those are my moments. He's got a new CD in the works. Does he really? Oon. Another Oon disc. Another Oon CD. Nice. And he. Uh, He's been teasing it on Facebook and stuff, so I'm excited. I love those guys. Those mm-hmm. they sound so cool together. Yeah. All right, we're we're gonna pause there, and we'll leave you on a cliffhanger. So in order to fi- find out what the watershed moments were for myself and Ethan, tune in next week. Um, and just as a teaser, we'll let you know that the week after that, we're gonna be joined by Dr. Rika Narimoto, composer extraordinaire from Japan. And she will be out visiting us for a bunch of gigs. Uh, For the complete list, see our website, boulderbassoons.com. We're performing all over the place throughout March, um, from Metro State University to Estes Park Music Festival, and of course in Boulder itself, including a wonderful, awesome, unique behind-the-scenes event in which uh, Kent and Rika will reveal their compositional process and just what exactly inspires them and how they can turn that into a full piece for bassoon quartet. So there's a lot going on. To wrap this up, here's a clip of some of the music that inspired Kent to live up in that high register and he's never come back down. 
This is part of the Jolive Bassoon Concerto. Thank you. 